What is going on, boys? Football is back starting this week with college football. I know we're all huge college football fans. We got Newman and welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We got Trevor Irish. He is back from a long sabbatical. Uh, your guys' ears are all all for the better with him joining. Uh, season ticket holder of Florida State and lover of all sports. He's going to contribute huge to the to the sports memory again, and we're we're pumped to have him back here. Uh, Trevor, how you doing, man? You know, Brandon, I am doing absolutely fantastic now that college football is back, and more importantly. I'm feeling great to be back with the boys. It is. Yeah. It's been too long, and I'm super excited to be back. Great to be back with Newman and Brandon. Always great to hear and talk with you. Can't wait to argue with you even more. So it's uh, it's going to be one heck of a time, and uh, excited to be back. So thanks for having me. Cool. And uh, Newman, um, good to talk to you again. It's always good to banter back and forth with you. And uh I loved when we, co- we covered college basketball. So jumping here into college football, I think uh, I think we can uh, again meet, meet at ends. Like yeah, no, I mean, do. college football is definitely one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know, the, like I love NFL football and all, but there's something about college football that's just with all the, the so many more schools, so many more teams playing, uh, different fan bases, more passionate fan bases. Um, just, uh, it, it's always a good time. So excited to talk some college ball with you, uh, and excited to, uh, you know, provide some content here for the listeners. And unlike most podcast college football podcasts, this won't be an sec blow fest. Um, <laughs> I, I went, I went to IU, so I, I have uh, inherit big 10 bias. You both went to Florida state. So there's, there's definitely a, a bevy of knowledge in the ACC, um, we'll obviously do a lot of talking of the SEC, but that won't be all of this is about. So um, let's let's get started. And it's something that actually doesn't have to do anything with games, but it's taking up almost all of the news. Um, I want to talk college football conference alignment, and I want to talk college football playoff because, you know, a couple weeks ago, both of those look like a for sure thing. And it's got pretty quiet here over the last week or two. Um, so, so Trevor, kind of give me your kind of 30,000 foot view on co- college football realignment and is the college football playoff dead? Aha. Great way to kick things off. Uh, I, I think the first place to start is the first conference that really took that leap to, to make this what seems to be an inevitable super conference, you know, uh, alignment in the near future. Uh, SEC taking Texas and Oklahoma over. Uh, they say, I believe the earliest will happen is 2025, but I think, uh, Brian, you mentioned in the past that it's definitely going to be sooner than that. Uh, those are two huge teams with historic, uh, um, you know, legacy programs uh it will definitely booster the sec uh primarily oklahoma especially with the powerhouse that lincoln riley has put together there uh texas ah it's texas it's a big name uh but the first move was big uh i think what was great about this was the acc pac 10 and pac 12 soon after that formed an agreement or uh, or in itself their own alliance basically to say f you to the sec you're not going to take any more of our teams um so i I thought it was great because they didn't essentially migrate together or anything they just said hey guess what we have our agreement don't touch our teams which then leaves the big 12 sitting there like what are we gonna do like we lost our we lost some big teams 
And guess what? We can't go after any ACC, Big Ten, or Pac-12 teams. And heck, we're definitely not getting any SEC teams. So what do we go to? The 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 remaining teams out there? Yeah, there's a few good ones that we'll talk about, but they're just kind of doing some slim pickings, in my opinion. So, you know, a lot of shakeup, but uh, a lot of interesting things to come. But uh, I'd say the winners right now are definitely the SEC and uh, a close second would be the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 with the Big 12 just getting the stick. But Newman, yeah, so, what, what, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, the alliance here, it's its not much of anything, realistically. Like, what's the, what's the best thing that could happen for the alliance from a fan's perspective is we get to see a bunch, a bunch of games. There's probably not going to be any scheduling happening for a few years here just because schedules are already booked out. Um, a bunch of the ACC and SEC schools always play uh, – uh, an out of conference game against each other um, because it's a state rivalry and, and most of those aren't going to go anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 in the long run, I don't think that Alliance is going to really do anything in, at this point in time. Um, what it may do is actually shape uh, the reduction of, or the holding off of the playoff expansion to the 12 teams, because I mean, the thing for Texas and Oklahoma is if it is if it is going to be uh, 12 teams in the playoff, then going to the SEC gives you a chance, whereas it's a much easier path to the playoff uh, if it is not going to be 12 teams to stay in, you know, the shitty Big 12 conference um, that you can just dominate. So yeah, the, the, I mean, the alliance, the alliance is I mean, it's basically a unwritten contract, right? Like it's this big thing that they're saying exists, but doesn't really exist because there's no way they can enforce it. Like it's pretty much like, like clicks in high school where it's like, Hey, don't be friends with those guys. Like, okay, those guys suck. Okay. We're going to stay together. But you know, as soon as like one person, like there's going to be movement one way or the other. I, I think this is it, kind of all a, a fugazi. It a lo- sure. It's a loose gentleman's rule to, to say, <laughs> yeah. yeah between the ADs of all these schools. And yeah, it's, it's, I would definitely say it's a joke um, to delay the inevitable, which will eventually be, in my opinion, a, a 12 team playoff. Uh, I think that is absolutely inevitable. Uh, The way that these conferences shake out, uh, I think will all just be depicted on how is the easiest way and the most fair way to get to that, you know, 12 uh, team playoff. And ultimately I think the whole losers of this entire thing is going to be, you know, your non-technically power five schools. So, you know, how does that shape up and how, how do those schools kind of still stay in the fold with all the stuff that's going on? How many super conferences do we wind up with here? I mean, if if it's heading towards super conferences, this gives Texas and Oklahoma would give the SEC 16. Um, That's probably about the number that you want to limit that to. Also, we don't know the details of them. It's going to be difficult for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC in terms of the other schools. Football, obviously, it is important and it is the money driver. But the rest of the school, the rest of the sports, just I don't know if it makes a ton of sense. Um, So here you think it's three, Brandon? I do, and, and I think it's, it's not really an even playing field. I think the SEC, the, the rich is going to get richer. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to come down to something. Um, the, the, the Big Ten wants to be the first national conference. They already have ties to New York. They're obviously already in Chicago. They have ties. They have the uh, Big Ten basketball tournament in D.C. once every three years. They want to go west. They want to continue to go west. That's the only reason Nebraska even got a bid is because Big Ten wants to eventually be a national conference. So I do think probably by 2025 that that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten merge 
My question for you two ACC guys, I think that leaves the ACC in the dust um, because I haven't heard too much of the ACC adding teams. I've seen more of the ACC trying to jump into to the either jump into the Big Ten or just kind of fortify itself. You know, is, is the ACC kind of shooting themselves in the foot here? I mean, it's really hard to know. Uh, so the un- unfortunately for the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, they all have fairly new commissioners. So the ACC and Pac-12's commissioners literally just started a couple months ago. And then the Big Ten guy took over uh, before last season in which we had a COVID year. So does that And he really bungled count? that entire Big Ten thing. If you remember, Big Ten looked really dumb. They, yeah. you know, at least the Pac-12 stood their ground for a while. Like he flipped his scenario within like a month as soon as the ACC <laughs> and SEC. So the, uh, the, the beginning of the Big Ten commissioner's reign has been, um, let's just say, not great. Yeah, no. I mean, so you've got a bunch of new commissioners in there. Um, the Big Twelve obviously doesn't look very strong right now. There's Who? Talk of- Who? I don't even know what yeah. conference that is. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like Florida State's not getting left out, regardless. So, uh, if they move to some sort of super conference, Florida State and Clemson, Miami, probably UNC are all going to be picked up by somebody. Um, it's got to be the SEC, right? Not necessarily. I mean, if you're the Big Ten, why would you not want to have some kind of like get some some market down there? Um, I mean, you've got if you say, all right, we'll take, you know, those four. Right. If you're the Big Ten and you're going to have, you know, a 20 team super conference or whatever, you probably take what Oregon, Washington, USC and UCLA out west. Like. Mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, so that would be whatever but regardless at some point in time the point the point that i'm trying to make is florida state clemson and um florida state clemson and unc are not going to get left out there so yeah you wouldn't think so but again i mean i i'm telling you right now those schools are not on the radar of the big 10 the big 10 is totally focused on the pac 12 the pac 12 is totally focused on um the Big Ten. So again, I do think the ACC is in a little bit of trouble here. I didn't know they had a new commissioner. Um, that could be that could be a little concerning if somebody's fresh on the job, because uh, I think things are going to move pretty quickly. Um, I, I think you're ultimately right. I think those programs have too much money. I mean, all those programs you just mentioned are top thirty in value, like um, valuation. So I do think they're going to be okay, but it's kind of hard to connect the dots of where they're where they're going to go um, right now. So yeah, so I mean, the new ACC commissioner actually was the AD at Northwestern, so you should be pretty familiar with him uh, with your Big Ten ties over there. So, but yeah, uh, brand new commissioner, um, and you know we'll see what he does. He's typically. I mean, he has a strong track record, so we'll if, see how if it you're if out. you're commissioner Newman, if you're commissioner, where is Florida State going? Like, do you want them to join SEC? Do you want the ACC to add, or do you want if them I'm to go the to the commissioner Big Ten? of the ACC? Yeah, I mean, if I'm the commissioner of ACC, I want to hold on to Florida State because they're one of the marquee brands that we have in the conference. Okay, so if you're AC, if you're Florida State, what do you want to do? Um, I mean. I'm perfectly fine going to the SEC or the Big Ten uh, if that could, you know, if that could happen at some point in time. The issue here is there's all kinds of monetary contractual obligations and stuff like that. There's nobody from the ACC that's leaving anytime soon, barring 
some sort of destruction of the ACC or agreement to, to you know, to make the, the conference go away or whatever, um, dissolve the conference kind of thing. Um, it's, it's just the, the, the amount of money that they would owe is, is too ridiculous. It wouldn't be worth it for any of those teams. Uh, that's why Clemson's not going anywhere either. But if Florida State does go somewhere, probably they're bringing Clemson along as a dancing partner. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I ultimately think they go to the SEC. I think I think they kind of get left out. I think the ACC maybe doesn't dissolve, but then, you know, it becomes, you know, the SEC isn't even the name of the conference anymore. It's, it's the SEC and the ACC in one super conference. Um, and and that's that's kind of, you know, if I had to give a crystal ball uh, uh, in, at the end of August, that's where I would say ACC and, and SEC merge. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a long, long way to go before we get to that point. Um, but so did, let's, uh, did you ever play the NCAA football games? Not really. No. Well, you could always make super conferences in that game. And I always did it. I always had 16 team super conferences. It was, it was, okay. it was way more fun that way. But yeah, do you want to start getting into the top 25 and, and the, and the, and the teams within them? Within their conference, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's jump in here. We'll start with um, we'll start with Power Five, and we're going to start where it all you know where it all usually ends up anyway. Um, with Alabama here, um, they obviously are coming off a national championship. They do lose quite a bit. It's um, so Alabama, much on offense. With Alabama, and they have five star after five star after five star, just ready to step on, step up. Um, you know, there were some people that believed that Bryce Young was actually going to be the starter last year and not Mac Jones. Um, there was a strong belief of that, uh, but Mac Jones basically just didn't give the job up. So, I mean, Bryce Young was an elite uh, quarterback recruit coming out, so they shouldn't have any issues there. Uh, their offensive line also should be really good. Evan Neal is an absolute freak. Uh, he actually tops Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list that he has out there on the athletic. Um, this guy is, you know, 350 pounds and runs like a four, six It's ridiculous. Um, he, he's a monster. Uh, so yeah, he's probably, you know, top offense tackle off the board. And then if I'll draft, um, somewhere in the top five picks, but Alabama's going to Alabama there. The question is, are they capable of, um, you know, are they capable of getting tripped up this year? And I think the answer to that question is yes. I think that there are some teams that are able to do that this year. Uh, and w- the number one on that list of, of uh, to me is Georgia. Uh, if Georgia actually, you know, is able to do what they're supposed to do, make it to the SEC championship game. I think that there's a decent chance that they could get Alabama um, because they have, you know, JT Daniels at quarterback that makes them a little bit more of a dynamic team. And they actually technically right now have more five-star recruits than Alabama does on their roster. Yeah, Alabama is going to be double-digit favorites in every game. Even at Texas A&M, the line's at 11.5. Bama is just going to steamroll to the SEC championship. Now, you're right. I do think um, I do think Georgia can provide some issues with them uh, if, if they can score enough uh, against that defense, which we know last year if there was any knock to that Alabama team is that they did give up. Uh, too many, too many points, but they return a lot on the defense. They lose on the offense. Uh, but regardless, I mean, I think you can write in ink, write in permanent ink, Alabama in the, in the final four, because even if they lose to Georgia 
in the SEC championship, they're going to have one loss. And that means Georgia probably will have either zero or one losses. So um, I think regardless, Alabama is in your uh, in your final four and in your SEC final. So 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 uh, Alabama does actually have I mean, there's potential this year that they could slip up. Right. So, I mean, Texas A&M returns a ton of production. They replace Kellen Mond with Haynes King, who's a four star recruit out of high school. Um, more like not, not maybe an athletic, uh, player. Um, I don't know if I would say more athletic than Kelman, but Jimbo Fisher, you know, going into the 2013 season when Florida state won the national championship with Jameis Winston as a redshirt freshman, the previous year they had EJ Manuel, who was, you know, an elite five-star recruit that, you know, had all this years of production under his belt and stuff like that. And he kind of just never really got them over the hump. Right. To me, that's the same kind of player that Kellen Mond was. So I'm not saying that Haynes King is Jameis Winston. Uh, I don't think he could be, but that level of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a, a different guy there pulling the strings actually plays a little bit better. Cause personally, I'm not a huge Kellen Mond fan in, in general. So no, the, um, dude, think, the dude stinks. And I've made sure to tell uh, Drew Forbes that plenty, plenty of times. Yeah. I think Here, Texas my- A&M could get him. I think LSU is a team that should not be slept on. And I also think that Ole Miss has already kind of like laying down there the offense that he's trying to run. Like he could get somebody, he could he could pop, he could pull it off. It's not likely to happen, but it's not impossible. Dude, like, Matt Corral Alabama. can s- fucking throw the ball. Unfortunately, Lane doesn't play defense, so that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be an issue um, for always for Ole Miss and any Lane Kiffin fans. Here's my issue with Alabama, man. Like. They play the softest freaking schedule. Here, here's who they f- play out of conference: Mercer, Miami, New, Me- New Mexico State, and, and Miami's. I mean, that's fine, right? But like, my, Miami now isn't Miami as it has been. You know, they're not playing a. In my mind, a it's in the Mercedes Benz Stadium. It's opening weekend. I get it, but it is a freaking soft, soft schedule and they have a soft schedule every year um you know if, if there is one thing coming out of our previous discussion of a super conference it's alabama's going to get a little bit more regular season um competition because well yeah i mean they're at texas a&m and they're at auburn and they're at florida i don't think any of those teams are are really competition i don't think they're within alabama's realm not that many are i mean there's probably the less than a handful that are or handful that are but man schedule schedule a tougher out of conference saving I mean, it's ridiculous G- georgia uh right is right there with them uh, they have clemson opening week which you know that's probably the game to watch um it's gonna be you know fantastic. right that's i mean why isn't miami doing that why isn't Ma- miami scheduling you why know, isn't alabama Oklahoma? doing that you mean yeah why isn't alabama scheduling you know oklahoma or ohio I mean, state They've or Florida State, they've played USC, they've played some other big names. They normally that's not have Oklahoma, that's not Ohio State, that's not well, Clemson, that's well, different listen, leagues. Alabama can't control Alabama can't control five years down the road what the opponent that they're scheduling is going to look like. Miami yeah. was zealous enough to think that they were, you know, that they're a t- like a couple of years ago, Miami thought they had a chance at national championship. Now they didn't, but they thought they did. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's you can only do it so much yeah, that far I- out. 
I also think that you also if you're if you're making the whole you know scheduling argument how it's not tough outside of their conference like what other team wants to play Alabama outside of their conference like it's I'm sorry but it is a tough sell for a lot of teams especially ones that think they're going to be comp- you know competitors and try to make it to the, to the college football playoff which by the way if you're not in the SEC you can't have two losses like on your schedule so like playing against Alabama that's almost a for sure loss in most teams cases and then they have one more loss within their conference you know you're out so like there's always going to be that in the back of their mind um I I, I mean I yeah out of conference soft in conference I still I think you're selling it short because there are some solid teams you know Newman you mentioned Georgia they're one of my favorites I actually have them pegged uh to beat Alabama this year very um you know I don't think it's well, probably going to happen, but that play Alabama in the SEC championship game, which is what are, where I was getting going with that. So Georgia's schedule is after Clemson, um, which, you know, I think the winner of that game looks really good uh, in terms of heading into the, you know, the rest of the national championship picture. Um, but Georgia doesn't play. They don't play Alabama. They don't play Texas A&M. They don't play any covers that are really that good. I think that the rest is super weak. And then outside of Florida in the East, who else is going to be competition for them? Nobody. You know what I mean? And then they get Georgia Tech at the end of the year. So that schedule is super cake. If you manage to get past Clemson um, for Georgia, then things are looking really good for you going uh, uh, moving forward. Um, And I mean, so that covers probably the first two there. Uh, Trevor thinks that that, uh, Georgia could beat Alabama. I think Georgia could beat Alabama. Where do you stand if that comes down to it? Uh, again, I mean, if you have a quarterback like JT Daniels, anything is possible. Um, but again, I think the million dollar man, I I think Bryce Young is a better quarterback than JT Daniels. Um, I I don't, I don't see anyone who can possibly stop Alabama this year. I think you're catching a lot of the elite teams on down years. Ohio state will cover is having a down year. We're called with Clemson. I think they got a slight down year. Um, Oklahoma maybe, but the big 12 doesn't play any defense. Um, I certainly have Alabama pegged as uh, as back-to-back champion just because I think they are a elite, elite team and a down year for college football. So I think that they, they do lose enough to make me question them a little bit. Um, and I think, listen, if you're Georgia, if not this year, when? If not this year, when? Right? You've yeah. got a quarterback who's, you know. Do you like Kirby Smart? Do you think Kirby Smart's a good coach? I can, he's a hell of a recruiter. Um, that, that's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. I don't think Kirby's that good of a coach. He's a good defensive coach. I don't know that he's, you know, that he is able to do the game management stuff that he needs to do to really get over the hump. Um, he needs to let, uh, let, let the quarterback or let the offense coordinator there just kind of take the show offensively and let him do what he wants to do. Um, when they started doing that a little bit more last year and they stopped just, you know, if he, if he lets the reins go and he lets them actually run there, then they, they have looked pretty good on offense. So, and I mean, they've every, got, they recruited an elite level. They have more every, five stars than Alabama. Every Kirby Smart team I've ever seen has done less with more talent. So, but they've yeah. never had, they've also never had this much talent either to also to, to, you know, to the point of having this much talent in any year where Alabama gets a brand new quarterback, any year where Florida gets a brand new quarterback in a year where they're returning, I would say more more stars than they've had in like the past five years. They are prone to to make a run for it and kind of a, the weak side of that conference. I think Florida's their only roadblock. They're going to come out for blood, you know, in Jacksonville, and that would be the uh, determining game. Um, so 
I, you know, I hate Florida, so it's probably a bias. That I think Georgia's going to, you know, roll over them. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's definitely shaping up to be, I would say a more competitive atmosphere in the sec than we've seen in the last two years, at least. What the, what's the, what's the Florida Georgia game called? What's that? It, the it large, used to be called the largest cocktail party in the world. No, it is. It is. It's, well, it's they, never going to lose that name. Ever. I mean, people will call it that. It is not officially called that anymore. Have um, you guys ever gone? It looks like a blast from an outsider's perspective. I've gone to party. I haven't gone to the game. Yeah, I, I, I've gone. Luckily, it's uh, it's usually on the same weekend that uh, Halloween is. So yeah. since I'm not a fan of either one of those teams, I just go dressed up as some ridiculous Halloween outfit. <laughs> uh, you, usually it's like some ref that's like bloodied up and like everyone just, you know, it's but it is one hell of a time. Great tailgating. I'd say probably some of the best fans if you can get over, you know, the schools that they go to. But uh, it's it's a great town. Probably the best thing that Jacksonville does every year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's touch on Florida here. They lose a lot, a lot of production offensively. Uh, Kyle Trask, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, and um, and uh, Kadarius Tony on offense. Just, you know, three skill position players that was the focal point of their offense last year. Um, they also lose some other players. Um, so I think that this, you know, hurts them quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, returning goals. production, they're 108th in the yeah. country. 125th on offense. They, they, were, they return so little. Their defense isn't bad. They return 70% of their defense. But they literally, only six other teams return less experience on offense. Yeah. And I mean, so that that hurts a lot. You're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Fortunately for them, the schedule is kind of light because they do play in the East, except for they do have to play face Alabama during the regular season. So that's a big knock against them. Um, I think there's a decent chance that Florida is not even the second best team in the East when it's all said and done. Yeah, there's there's definitely a chance. Uh, yeah, Florida. You mentioned Florida bringing back uh, the majority of their defense. Their defense was awful last year. Do you remember how yeah, many you know points that every team was just racking up on them? I mean, the yeah. only reason they beat Georgia was just because they were able to hang in at the end, you know, and get basically like the final drive. Um, losing that offense is tough. The one thing that they've got going for them is, you know, over the past um, uh, few years, is they've recruited pretty well. I mean, last year. You know, well, the rankings, they, they were ninth. They, I mean, they've, they've rec- recruited well, but the problem is that some of the guys that they've recruited in those recruiting class rankings didn't even last on campus more than a semester. They had so, multiple and, guys enroll early and then transfer out before. I'm gonna, before I'm gonna well actually you Newman. I'm gonna well actually you to back up Trevor. Um, according to 24/7 Sports Composite, they had the 12th uh, best team in the country according to recruits. That's pretty good. Like literally they have the 12th most talented roster. Yeah. So. yeah. And, yeah. and the previous yeah. year they were ninth. I mean, they bring on, and, and one of those, and one of those players is Emory Jones. Who's, who's now among one of the top in the Heisman odds out there. So some solid talent is still sticking around. And guess what? Maybe some of the talented recruits came in and realized, Hey, maybe I can't start right away because this team has talent and it has developed some people because, Hey, I mean, one thing we'll have to say, probably the best coach, you know, hiring of, of that year when all those coaches were going through was probably Florida, you know, with, with their pickup. Uh, if you look at some of the other big ones, uh, I mean, I would, you know, joke around and say Chip Kelly is, is still coming through and going to be in his prime here soon, but, uh, uh, Florida came out probably the best, uh, with those I mean, coaches. And I think it's Texas shown well, A&M, Texas A&M looks all right. 
uh, same class there. So yeah, I mean, so yes, Dan Mullen is a really good coach. Um, he's not as good a recruiter uh, as you know his, you know the record shows. If you look at if you go actually into the deeper into the numbers, you'll you'll realize what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so there's issues at Florida with the recruiting. I think that that talent base is going to be a factor. Um, and then there's also a little bit of uh, do you really think that Dan Mullen is going to hang around? Kind of feel here. So to me, that there's been some talk of Dan Mullen potentially taking an NFL job at some point in the near future. Uh, that could begin to affect them. If they lose a game or two early in the season, is this a team that kind of quits on their coach? Because there's obvious problems there. Uh, plenty of people have gone in there as recruits thinking that George, uh, Florida was number one, and then they just didn't enjoy the experience on campus. Uh, that has a lot to do, to do with the coach as far as I'm concerned. So... I mean, yeah, as far as I'm concerned with Florida, th th like I said, I think that there's a good, like a halfway decent chance that this team has, you know, multiple no, losses. No, uh, agreed. This is and, Alabama's conference. And, 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 or, and or no. I don't see, I don't see them actually getting to, you know, the college football playoff or anything like that this year. No. no. How about LSU? So no. Max Johnson, Max Johnson takes over. Uh, I think they go back to the system that they were trying to run with Joe Brady, where they bring in um, Pete's who was, you know, with Brady there in Carolina, they bring him back and uh, let, they're going to, they're going to move back towards that style of offense. Max Johnson is the son of Brad Johnson, former, for, former uh, Super Bowl winning and Florida state uh, head coach. Um, so, or uh, quarterback rather. Um I think that that's a team to watch out for in in the West. There, I think they're they could beat. Uh, you know, th they may be able to finish number two. They're probably not going to beat Bama though. Yeah, I, again, I think everyone's uh, everyone's trying to be a bridesmaid here. No one's going to be the bride. I hate to be a broken record here, but um, you know, I mean, you, you just look again at the same stat that I just gave you. Um, you know, the, the S and P plus has this team as 26 overall. Um, you just yeah. can't compete. The, the, the talent and production just isn't there for LSU to compete with. with no, Alabama. I think LSU is probably a team that's going to look better next year than they do this year. Yeah. They do have Derek Stingley, who's an absolute stud there at corner. Some people think he's, you know, the best player in college football. I disagree, but whatever. Um, let's move on to the ACC here. So, yeah. uh, I mean, Clemson has ruled the roost in the ACC for a while now. Um, you know, they move. Trevor Lawrence gets drafted finally. DJ Will Lalele. <laughs> I'm glad you tried it because I'm yeah. just going to call him DJ. Yeah, DJ U there. Um, Clemson has, you know, they, they've recruited at a high level, but they don't take a ton of recruits. Um, they've been a little bit light. They don't take transfers. Uh, and they're losing, you know, they lost their backup quarterback, Tyson Fomacon, uh, to an injury. He's going to be back probably at some point during the season, but we don't know how soon. Um, I think that this team, if they were to suffer an injury to DJ, uh, they that might be the end all she wrote for them because they don't have they don't have another option at quarterback. No, they return ninety two percent of their defense. They're I mean they're gonna, they're yeah, going to defense, they, their defense is 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 dudley. I mean, if they may not give up more than 20 points a game, I mean, this defense is insane, but they, they, again, similar to, um, to what I was saying with, with Florida, they return, uh, only 46% of their offense. That's 118th in the country. Um, their offense is going to struggle. I think Clemson games are going to be 
pretty ugly. I think some Clemson games are going to uh, look like some Big Ten games a little bit as far as... Uh, I mean, they still have some talent at wide receiver. I think if DJ is healthy, that Justin he's, Ross going is good. Be, he's going to be just fine. Um, but I do think that they could, if, if something were to happen to him, they're in trouble. Um, so, and I think they do play pit I think, at pit. So, I think, you know, I think, watch Georgia, I think Georgia gets them week one. Um, and so, I mean, they'll probably run the table after that though. Um, nope. I'm calling it. They're losing at pit. Kenny Pickett winning I, that game. It, I mean, it could happen. Clemson, you know, they didn't Clemson under with Deshaun Watson really. And they didn't Clemson with, uh, Trevor Lawrence, but you know, at some point in time that, that habit might creep back up. Uh, so what about the other teams in the ACC that are interesting? You got Miami and UNC. Um, Miami yeah. opens with Alabama. And I love UNC. UNC plus 700 to win that win that division. Uh, I like it a lot. I mean, that's that's eight to one. That's good value. We just talked about how ugly Clemson's offense could be, uh, especially if DJ isn't what we think he is going to be. Um, and again, God forbid an injury. I hate to wish any injury on any team. Um, I, I'm a fan of IU whose quarterback can't stay healthy. So I'm not going to wish an injury on any team, um, for the risk of bad juju. Um, Um, they do have Sam Howell, who's a Heisman candidate and potential number one pick in the draft. He'll be the number one pick in the draft. You think so? I don't think it's set in stone. We'll talk about the guy who I think might, might get it to it later. Um, NC state's a team that's interesting. They may be a player in terms of, you know, bowling and stuff like that and get finishing in the top 25. Um, they return, I think they return pretty decent amount of production, but they're probably, you know, this is, this is probably still not their year. Um, and then Florida state, we'll see if they can rebound. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit more of Florida state, but Trevor's having some, uh, some technical issues there. So, uh, we'll, we'll skip rookie, them for now. rookie, rookie move out of Trevor. It's okay. We'll give him time. He's got to, he's got to, uh, clear off some of that dust. I mean, do you think that there's a chance that Florida state can finish 500? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, I think there's a chance. I think it's needed for the, um, you know, momentum in the program. Um, but again, they can they play a tough, uh, they, they play, play one tough- of the toughest schedules in the country. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, if I'm if I'm going to rip teams for not having a tough, I got to compliment teams that do have a tough schedule. Like, holy cow, is there is their schedule a little bit of a gauntlet? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy whatsoever. No, they get the three best teams in the conference, maybe the four best teams in the conference, uh, the ones that we just talked about with Clemson, Miami, UNC, and uh, NC State. You know, they, they still have to play Florida at the end of the year and they open with Notre Dame. Now, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to Notre Dame, but this is not an easy schedule at all. Um, a six and six year out of Florida State would be just fine with me. Is that just fine, though? Come on. Your expectations are way higher than that. I mean, no, I think that so in terms of the re- recruiting momentum that this team needs, uh, getting to a bowl game and then having a chance to win that bowl game at, you know, six and six, seven and six, uh, finish the year. Uh, I think that that will allow them to retain most of what they have in terms of recru- recruiting class. And they currently have the number one player in the country committed to them. So, uh, you know, keeping that class in tow would be, would go, go a long way towards actually getting this. So you were a huge Mike Norvell guy. How do you think he's doing? Give him a grade so far. I mean, he's got an incomplete as far as I'm concerned. He dealt nope. with he dealt with a year zero situation that involved COVID. I mean, 
Got to give him a grade, bro. I'm not. I'm not letting this incomplete. You made. You made that, Kurt's that's answer. A grade, Doug. <laughs> no, no. You need to put a letter grade on it. Put a letter grade I give on Norville. A, I give him a B minus right now. What 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 does he need to do better to improve that grade? Like you said, six and six season, man, that gets it. That gets him maybe to a B. You know, like what can he do? Is is, is it in game? Is it development yeah, of it's, of it's players? In game. It's in game more than anything else. Their coaches have developed players, I think, decently. There's been guys that have taken steps forward. Um, I'd like to see the defense improve. They brought in a ton of transfers this year. They're going to be able to recruit at a, at a high level next year. Um, with with this recruiting class that they have coming in so hopefully they'll be able to play a little bit better and you know um but at the end of the day to me in game is where he's going to make his he, he's known for being a guy that's able to game plan some stuff and uh to take advantage of some some you know some poor players on other teams there's if you go back and look at southern game film for memphis there was times where they were literally just attacking one specific guy on defense where they're putting him in conflict and causing and making him choose how the he, how that guy wants to get beaten. So they identify this guy as a poor tackler. They're gonna you know find a way to make sure that th- that guy's the one that has to make every tackle. Um, so, you, so you've heard me bring this up quite a bit, and you're more of an analytics guy than I am. What are your thoughts on S and P plus? Because they do not like Florida State this year, man. Um, they have them projecting to be the 61st best team in the country and only getting to five wins. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty pretty fair based on this schedule i love bill Connolly. he's the one who you know the architect of the sp plus um but uh you know it florida state did bring in a ton of transfer production so i think that that helps uh raise the floor for them and realistically we just need you know the players have to play better uh the coaches need to make better in-game decisions but mike mike norville actually does a pretty good job of like taking care of you know fourth Anytime there's a fourth down situation, he typically right, makes the right move um, in terms of you know punting or going for it, et cetera. So uh, he, he does a lot of those things by the analytics. To, to, typically, those kind of outcomes allow you to win or, win an extra game or two that you were not supposed to win. See, I again, and I, I swear, I'm not just being typical Brandon Brister troll here trying to rip on Florida State. Guys, you cannot win five games with the 23rd best roster. You guys literally have the 23rd best roster in the league or in the entire college football. And you guys, S&P Plus thinks you're going to win five games. In my mind, that, that's coaching. That's execution. That's the, That's got to be something. If you have that much talent well, on the roster, how are you only winning, projected to win five games, guys? So it's, it's uncertainty. It's, uncer- it's, it's the, the biggest uncertainty with all these transfers. I mean, that's what it is, is we don't necessarily know how they're all going to play together and how to come to it. Like they got some good transfers. We have, you know, some good talent on the roster, but also like the end years of Jimbo Fisher and obviously the Wheelie Tag years that actually had some really good talent on there. None of it came together. So as it goes to your point, it is coaching. It is execution. Uh, I mean, if you, I believe Florida state was among the worst in means of uh, penalty yards per game against them. So like, bringing on new people that doesn't create a lot of confidence. Like, Hey, they're going to be able to change some things with some fresh new faces that haven't had a chance to really work with all these folks. So like, I think the biggest reason why I I think a lot of people aren't high on them is because of that uncertainty piece. But also I think as I came in later uh, was our schedule is absolutely awful. Um, It's so hard. It's It's so so hard. hard. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, So I, I, you know, I, I, I'm chiming in late because I I had some connectivity issues, but one thing I want to say about them is it is, 
it's going to be a rough ride. I'm a pessimist when it, com- when it comes to this. Uh, I'll be there every step of the way. Um, they do have the talent. I do that. I believe they do have the coaching to make it work. Um, but I, I honestly, I do not think that offensive tackle group uh, or that wide receiver core is going to be helping out their quarterbacks enough to make a true difference. And I believe they will make some gains on the defensive end, but it's not going to be able, it's not going to be enough to be able to outscore the UNCs or to keep up with the Clemsons of the world or in all, in all honesty, even be able to, to keep up with the NC States of the world. Uh, so we've got some tough stuff and I don't think the Notre Dame name is going to be great to kick it off, but it's, it's going to be rough ride. As well. Notre yeah. Dame's quarterback stinks. Their, their offense, Florida State's offensive line has been a big issue for years. Thank Jimbo Fisher for that. Uh, and Willie Taggart did us no favors by getting any good recruits in there. So um, that that's that's the main issue of their struggles recently because if your offensive line can't block anybody, you cannot run your offense. So they've taken some steps forward. They should be a bit, little bit better than they were last year, um, but we will see how much better. And and so, then the, the wide receiver room is is not that great. Um, so you know they need to find some production somewhere. Probably you guys be- didn't like to know that your guys' wide transfer is uh, a starter for IU. By the way, parchment parchment. No, no, no. Uh, DJ Matthews. Yeah. Oh, DJ Matthews yeah. was an elite recruit. He's very shifty. He has his problem is between the ears. So don't worry. Yep. We got Tom Allen. He's the best motivator in coach or in football. Um, just real quick, Trevor, last thing on Florida State, because I got in I pulled it out of Newman. I got a grade on the Mike Norvell tenure so far. He gave it a B minus. What would you give Mike Norvell so far? Ooh. Newman gave a B minus. Yes, he, he wouldn't let me give it an incomplete. Yes, need an <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would go a little bit below that. I would say C plus. Um, I like, I like the coaching. Um, I like primarily the staff he's built around him. He's one of these coaches that will take less and 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 bring in some coaches and some assistants that really know what they're doing among some of these coaches are among the highest paid coaches in college football that have had a long track record of, of doing well. Uh, so I like what he's doing there. Uh, recruiting wise and still the name Florida state should be able to carry some weight. Willie Taggart has had some better ranking years than Norvell has had in his last two. Um, even though I mean, one of those, maybe some, one of those, maybe some incomplete still, still, um, you know, still is a lot yet to be seen. Uh, Last year was like the worst record in Florida State history for over the last 40 years. Um, so he even topped Willie Taggart's bad records last year. Yeah, so, but they also played less games. Yeah, it was a weird year. So I'll put an asterisk to it. Still, that doesn't, you know, uh, give him a pass on those recruiting rankings um, as well as just the overall embarrassment that is penalties that they just continue to pile on everything. So I'd say C plus at best, probably, you know, if I wasn't biased, uh, I would say C minus is probably what he deserves. But um, I'm also, you know, not necessarily high until I see some uh, see some wins out of this. Would would you trade places? With where Michigan is at right now as a program, would you take where you're at right now, where still a lot of uncertainty, you don't know the ceiling yet, or would you rather take Michigan, where you know you're going to go nine and three, ten and two every year, but you're going to lose to your rival and never make a conference championship? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Have you seen what what uh, the University of Florida has done to Florida State these last few years, as well as the <laughs> University of Miami? Absolutely, I will. I would totally take the Michigan. The wins, the recruits that they're getting. I mean, they and they they've packed the stands. 
all three of those things that they've outmatched Florida State on. So absolutely, I'd take where they're at all day. Harbaugh, get rid of those you know, ugly, ugly <laughs> pleated pants. They're Lululemon, just, baby. They're and, Lululemon. Are they? Are they? <laughs> well, man, I mean, geez, he he's he defines what you know dad attire is, which hey, I've I've respect for. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, I'd take Michigan all day in this uh in this aspect. But uh again, still time will tell. And I think this is the turning point of you know, if Norvell will actually pan out long term is this season. So it is make it or break it time. Um but yeah, I'd rather have Michigan. <laughs> Let's make it or break it time. They better win more than five games. I'll tell you that. They'll uh, if if you want my prediction, um, I believe they finish right at that you know six win mark. Six win mark, yeah. And that's just being honest. So speaking of Michigan, uh, they play in the Big Ten Conference, which is the conference where your expertise, supposed yes. expertise, lies. There, Brandon, allegedly. Um, Alleged. So we'll, we'll start there at the top uh, where Ohio State has dominated the conference for the most part. Um, you know, they made it to the national championship game, got, you know, dominated by Alabama there. Uh, they lose Justin Fields, who's a huge part. They also lose, you know, some other key, key players um, for them. But they do return, you know, the best wide receiver core in the country. Uh, in fact, one of their wide receivers transferred out and is now starting at Alabama. So, I mean that that's that's pretty good when you actually lose a recruit that that uh, wasn't a starter for you and he's now starting at Alabama. But yeah, yeah, Thoughts no. On, so that's in Ohio State. They're another team. You, I brought up with Alabama. Bringing it up again, they 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 will be favored by double digit points every game this year. That hurts me because they play at my alma mater. That game's currently at ten and a half. I'd like to see that game get into nine, nine and a half points. Um, but Ohio State's a juggernaut, man. They're they're good. Their offensive line is going to be really, really good. They have Master Teague, um, who is probably the second best running back in the Big Ten. Like you mentioned, they have the best and wide he's not receiver. Even the best, he's not even the best running back on their team. The, the freshman that they have that that enrolled early uh, is going to be the starter for Ohio State yep. by the end of the yeah. season. Mark Marlowe. Yeah, so let's let's just start. Let's talk about freshmen because that's what everyone wants to talk about, and that's C.J. Stroud. Um, the only quarterback to have less experience than him going into a season is J.T. Barrett. Um, so that and that wasn't that was back in 2014. So it's been a while since they've been in this position uh, of lack of experience. Uh, but I, I think, unfortunately. For the rest of the Big Ten, they're having a little bit of a down year. Um, I mean, you just you just look at the odds. Ohio State's minus two hundred to win the Big Ten. The next closest team is Wisconsin plus six hundred. That is an eight hundred point swing on first and second. I mean, there just really isn't anyone that can really compete. I think team. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I think Indiana at plus sixteen hundred is sexy as hell. Um, they have a pretty easy schedule. Um, they play uh, Penn State at home that they've beaten two out of the past three Dude, years. You think their schedule's easy? I do. I do. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't like Tanner Morgan uh, from Minnesota. I don't like uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog there at Penn State. Now, if that's a whiteout night game, that totally changes my opinion. Um, I don't think it will be. I think it'll be a big noon kickoff. Um, I'm telling you right now, the Big Ten is down, and mostly because of quarterbacks. Um, CJ Stroud will be the best quarterback. Michael Penix, number two. After that, it is a big drop off. So um, let me jump in here. Talking yeah. about Ohio State, I think their biggest question mark is their defense, right? So, like, their defense wasn't that great last year to begin with. 
Um, they, you know, there were some teams that were putting up some points on them, and I don't, and you know, they lose some of their key players. They lose Sean Wade. Sean Wade. Yep. <clears throat> they lose a couple of their linebackers that are pretty good players. So, like, this is a team that could regress defensively, uh, and that may make them susceptible to getting knocked off. Not likely, but possible. Um, so, I mean, and then you're, like you said, you're starting a freshman quarterback. So, there, there's a chance there that uh, redshirt freshman though. Out. Important but, to say yes, redshirt freshman. He is a redshirt freshman, but um, I mean, you know, it's not like he got a lot of reps last year either. So he's been in the program now for over a year. Um, I think that goes for a lot. Uh, Ohio State quarterbacks. If you just like literally, if you were me lined up under center Newman and just threw it in the zip code of those wide receivers, they're going to make us look really good. Yeah, I get it. Their offense is going to be good. But what happens if CJ Stroud throws a couple? He has a bad game or two, throws a couple interceptions. Um, you know, maybe, you know, kind of like Justin Fields had a couple bad games there. And, you know, that defense isn't able to stop anybody. Then, you know, that that's that it could happen. They could I love lose. This, this, this is a team that could lose um, more games than you would expect. Uh, likelihood is they probably still win double digit games, though. Um, but yeah, am I, I mean, am I being biased saying their toughest schedule is at their toughest game is at Indiana? Um, I mean, I, they go I they go to so. Minnesota. They have Michigan. They go to Michigan, but Michigan's awful, dude. They just started Cade McNamara, who sucks. Um, they have Penn State at home. Um, yeah, man. no, I mean, that may be their toughest game. Um, Indiana is a team that is, I think, is has is talented and good. But I actually look at their schedule. I mean, I was I was not not shit either. Like that that's a good team. Um, so, I mean, to me, the second best team in this conference is probably Wisconsin. Their defense is loaded. I disagree with you where you say that they they don't have a quarterback because Graham Mertz looks pretty good. Um, he's a guy that yeah, no, he's a guy that has a chance to take to elevate that team. Um, he, he he had Baker Maker or Baker Baker. He had Baker Mayfield syndrome in the fact that he had a few good games that made his stats look better than they were. He was extremely pedestrian against good teams. Um, go 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 back we'll and look at his statistics against against teams that mattered. But he here's cr- the thing: that defense is probably the best defense in the in the conference. Okay, I'd agree with that. Um, so and they have a great they have a gr- next great Wisconsin running back too. Yeah, they have a great, they're they have always a great. going to have a good offensive line and good running backs. That's just what Wisconsin does. So, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, I mean, this is this is the year that I think that Wisconsin could actually jump in there and actually maybe maybe have a chance to pick somebody off uh, and make it there. You know, provided that they make it to the conference championship game, if the, they the, have to face Ohio State. Maybe that may be the opportunity. Big Ten West is whatever the ACC other side of that conference is. I don't know. Yeah, Coastal, maybe Atlantic, ACC Atlantic. Is that it? Um, regardless, the, the Big Ten West is horrible. Wisconsin is going to steamroll the Illinois, Nebraska. Northwestern supposed to be really bad this year. Um, Minnesota is the only other team in Big Ten West. Wisconsin's, they're, they're going to have a cakewalk of a season. What about Iowa? So, Iowa again. Um, they got a decent running back, not not as good as they normally have. They have a great offensive line. Their quarterback stinks. Spencer Petrus. Um, he's got everything you want as a quarterback. He's tall. He's got a big arm. He just hasn't lived up to really big expectations. Um, I think Iowa's a little bit overrated. Um, they lost a ton of wide receiver talent. Um, yeah, I just I don't like Iowa. 
this year. But we'll see. They play Indiana first weekend. So yeah. um, a week a week from now, we could be doing this, and I could be completely wrong. So I don't think so, but we'll see. Yeah, it's – I mean, I think that it's definitely going to be an interesting conference to watch. Um, there's, there's you know, several teams in there in the top 25. Um, do, so. do you like Penn State's quarterback at all? In my other podcast, my other no, Big I Ten podcast, I rip him. I think Clifford the Big Red Dog is possibly the worst starting quarterback they've had since um, – uh, who's that quarterback that went to the Jets? What's his name? Hackenberg. Hackenberg, yes. Um, I don't think he he may not be Hackenberg bad, but holy cow, um, Clifford is really bad. Very turnover prone. He's not good. Yeah. So I mean, well, moving on from that, I I I mean, Penn State's probably going to have. They're still probably they've been recruiting at a high level. So Dude, absurd level. You know, if they could actually find a quarterback, I, I don't know why you let Will Levis leave um, to Kentucky. I think that's going to make Kentucky actually pretty decent this year. I, have the, I think they have a chance to actually finish as the best team, second best team in the East there. Um, if they, you know, maybe they could even, they may even pick off Florida. We'll what happens with that. Florida's schedule is not as easy as people think. Um, so I'm, like I said, I'm pretty down on them. But uh, outside of that, we've got what? Michigan. I mean, you don't think that they're any good. Uh, they've they've got a stud offensive tackle and Nicholas Petit Frere from the Tampa Bay. We're talking about offensive linemen as uh, playmakers. You know, you're you know you're down. I, I'm always going to mention some of those big boys in the trenches. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's team that I just I don't know. It, is it is it do or die for for Michigan this year for for Harbaugh? Man, uh, that's so tough. Uh, that was a question that you know I fielded. Um, I don't think so, simply for all the reasons that Trevor just mentioned about 10 minutes ago. They still pack the stadium. They're still recruiting at a high level. And the excuse is Harbaugh can say, I don't have my quarterback yet because he's recruiting high-level quarterbacks. Joe Milton was a very high-level quarterback. He's going to start at Tennessee, officially named today the start. Yeah, they got J.J. McCarthy, who was another Elite 11. So, like, you know, Harbaugh can just sit there and say, like, it's not it's not that, you know, the guys just aren't deve- you know, or aren't panning out. So I think there's enough excuses there, and they keep doing just enough. At least maybe that's what I hope. I want Harbaugh to be there forever because I think they have pinnacled out of the program and um, my bias is saying that Indiana can replace them um, as the third best team in the Big Ten East for many, many, many years to come. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves with the many, many years thing. Um, all right, let's move. Uh, let, let's touch on uh, our, our boy, uh, week zero loser, uh, <laughs> Nebraska's Scott Frost and the hot seat that he's on. What an epic douchebag, man. At So... Again, I, I bring it up in this pod and every pod, you know, I find a way to work in uh, IU, but Tom Allen has this slogan, the head coach of Indiana, LEO, uh, love everyone, right? It's, it's a, it's a, if you watch any college football show, they'll likely bring it up. Scott Frost called them out saying his program doesn't need catchy cliches or slogans that they're, that they, they, they lead their play on the field. Just some Dude, coach speak douchebag. that shit up. They eat that shit up, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, he also had a comment two years ago that wondering why he didn't understand the way scheduling works because he it felt like he was playing Michigan and Ohio State every year and not Indiana. 
Um, so he just continues to call out Indiana. So I love every time this guy fails and holy shit, did he have an epic mess up like a, like a, what the hell are you doing? Sound clip um, where he goes uh, as soon as they made, uh, as soon as they lined up like that, um, our, most of our playbook was out the, out of the book. Like, holy cow, you just admitted you don't know how to make in-game adjustments. Yeah. Um, no, that was, I mean, th- that was the same thing I got out of that when he said that statement. It was like, they lined up in a defense that we weren't expecting them to line up. And it's like, okay. And like, you can yeah. make an adjustment, make an adjustment, dude. Like, figure it out. That's what you get paid for. I, I don't get it. Like, he had a reputation at UCF for being able to adjust to certain things like this, but maybe it's just, he's not able to do it mid game. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just, it's not that they don't have the athletes. Like he's supposed to increase the, the, the recruiting and he did, but, but they haven't been able to keep some of the guys that are good. Um, th- this is a dire situation. I think he probably gets fired sometime around Thanksgiving. Um, they're going to let him wear some of these losses for the rest of the season. They have a new, new, uh, athletic director, there's no reason to fire him right away. Um, let him ride out the season. Uh, you know, take 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 some of these L's, and then uh, they'll be able to use the you know the recruiting sanctions and violations they have. That investigation should be wrapping up, and then they'll be able to fire him. You know, with cause, reducing the settlement buyout for him. Yeah, no, um, Illinois just but that's fired. A bad loss. That's Illinois a bad loss fired their coach. Last year, they fired Lovey Smith. Um, Scott Frost is on his way out, and um, Purdue's Jeff Brom. He had an amazing first year. Ever since then, it has been absolute duds. Um, so, like I said, the Big Ten West is really, really horrible, and probably going to see some coaching turnover. Um, so, you hate to see it. Just kidding. You love to see it. Nebraska's trash, and Scott Frost is trash. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. He, he's always kind of had a little bit of a jerk in him, like you can see it from there. So uh, let's move on to the Big 12. Uh, to me, this is so – I'm going to make this declaration here. Uh, when I was talking about the number one overall pick, it's not going to be Sam Howell. It's going to be Spencer Rattler for Oklahoma. Um, also, he's you know the leading candidate to win the Heisman based on the odds, and why not when you've had you know three previous quarterbacks that have you know been the starters at Oklahoma – have all gone on to be Heisman winner, Heisman winner, and Heisman runner-up. And success in the NFL. So, I mean, it's kind of like the opposite of Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and and, uh, Jalen Hurts are all going to be starters in the NFL this year. Uh, If if there's a quarterback whisperer in in college football right now, um, to me, it is Lincoln Riley in that system that's got going. So, to me, this is a team, they're loaded. Uh, they return a ton of production. They were, they got a bunch of transfers in from, they picked off a bunch of kids that transferred out from Tennessee, offensive lineman, running back. Um, they were already loaded at quarterback and receiver. Uh, they bring in um, Alex Grinch is now in his second year there. I think that defense will be a little bit improved. Uh, to me, this it's going to be hard for Oklahoma to lose one of those games in that conference. There's a good chance that they go undefeated or at least win 12 games. Um, and to me, that gets them into the playoff where, you know, we will see what happens. 
Oklahoma is definitely running away in that conference. I, I don't see anybody putting up a competition against that that loaded roster with, with in my opinion, the second best college football head coach uh, in the country uh, behind Nick Saban. So uh, Spencer Rattler is a real deal. Um, even though you may not like his hairdo, looks absolutely awful. But sometimes the guys with the worst hairdos just look at Justin Fields and up being some pretty good quarterbacks. Do you guys see that guy? Speaking of hair, sorry, this is kind of a, a weird Newman segue here. Do you see? the hair for that Ohio State quarterback, the mullet, uh, oh. the high school recruit. <laughs> no way. Oh, yeah, the guy that looks like he he probably like be delivering beer for like Bud Light yeah. or like he, actually more like was, Bush Light, probably Bush Light. <laughs> he was the number one recruit in the country, uh, reclassified early and, and enrolled at Ohio State, which to Dang. me is bad for Ohio State because that means you get fewer years of the kid if he's really that good and he's going to be sitting behind CJ Stroud for at least he's one of them. He's looking for that money, baby. The new yeah. NAI deal, man. He's looking for it. Hey, who wants to be an instant millionaire? I mean, why not? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean senior year of high school was pretty fun, but it isn't six figures fun. Right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but his, so, his, ju- his junior year was also the COVID year. So, I, I mean, it's a whole weird, like, they didn't get yeah. to experience, like, school. So, like, some of these are like, screw this. Like, I don't want to have to go through all that stuff again because there's still that uncertainty, I guess. But, Absolutely. you know, why not Why not just go to college, you know, where you can make some money, uh, potentially compete, you know, for a good spot with a good program and and go for it. Like, I don't, I don't blame him. And actually, I have a lot more respect for him now that he's got a mullet. So, all the power to him. Yeah, anyway, I just had to bring up the all hair team. If if if, Tre- if Trevor's bringing up Rattler's hair, I had to bring up that guy's hair. It's just... What are your thoughts on Oklahoma? Yeah, oh no, I, I completely agree. I, the odds kind of baffled me. Uh, I'm not as high on Iowa State um, as apparently a lot of people are. I don't think Brock Purdy. Iowa State has never, never won 10 games in a season. Never mm. in the history of the program. They were one yeah. win away last season. One win yeah, last. Yeah, almost got there. That was so, that was the best season they've ever had. So I mentioned year. I mentioned in the Big Ten, eight hundred point swing from the first team to the second team. I think there's almost as big a gap here between Oklahoma and Iowa State, but there's only um, like a five hundred point gap, um, five hundred and fifty point gap. So uh, yeah, that's the the odds aren't there for for Oklahoma or any other team to take. But dude, Oklahoma's loaded, dude. You, again, I've brought up S and P Plus a few times. They're projected to have the number one offense and a top 15 defense. They're the third overall team in the country. uh, And this team is just going to be, if anyone can compete against Alabama, it's going to be Oklahoma this year. So, so with, with Oklahoma making it out there and I mean, do you all see finally a, uh, a college football playoff with, all teams coming from different conferences. We're not going to see the SEC loaded with two teams in there, or are we going to wait to talk about that towards the end? Because yeah, we're going to get some picks at the end. Um, No, I I have the SEC. I don't know. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah. Um, So what about Texas? They get Sark in there as their head coach. They name, um, they name a new starter today. Uh, They're going to go with Hudson Card or yesterday, whatever. They're going to go with Hudson Card. High, uh, a high recruit there. Um, Sark has been a mastermind at offense, you know, as an offensive coordinator. I think that he took Alabama to another level um, the last couple of years. Obviously, Tua and Mac Jones are Heisman candidates, so why not? It's going to probably take a little bit, but this is not a team that's had, you know, it's not like if there was a, one thing that Herman was doing well, it was recruiting. So 
what are the chances here that Texas, you know, finishes second in the Big 12 or has a chance to actually upset Oklahoma? Everyone's playing, uh, you know, bridesmaid to the the bride here. It's it's not close. Again, I think this is a weird year. I think, unfortunately, there's not going to be a lot of parity up top. I think you're going to see a lot of the same teams. There's always parity. There's always parity. It's going to happen somewhere. I don't, it's going to happen I don't, somewhere. I don't see um, it. Not much in the Big right. 12, though. <laughs> All right, so so pick pick one of those other teams that, that uh, to talk about here. That's interesting, at least. You think Oklahoma State has a chance to do anything? Nah, they, Top they five teams. P- some people are high on TCU. I don't know. Um, I don't so they know. don't have I, the talent. They don't have the talent yeah. to make it. And they've got t- uh, the, all those teams have tough schedules going against the Oklahoma, Ohio States, and Texas of the world. So I think your Oklahoma States and TCUs are just going to get caught in the mix of a tough, you know, in conference schedule. And and if I mean if I'm not mistaken, I believe a few of them have some tough out of conference. What's, what's the returning production well? for Oklahoma State there, Brandon? Uh, hold on, yeah, I'm pulling I'm pulling that up. I didn't uh, I didn't know we'd be getting to Oklahoma State, so I did not have that pulled up. Two okay. seconds. Well, yeah, the, was not prepared. I mean, Gundy, you know, last year they were a team that returned quite a bit of production. I don't know that they lost a lot off of that team. Um, they do lose, obviously, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Um, they, they lose a ton on offense. Um, they lose six starters on offense. They do return nine starters on defense. So they do yeah. they do have top 30 production returning on defense. Um, but yeah. S&P but, plus, but, meh. But they weren't yeah. even a top they weren't even a top 50 ranked overall defense in the country last season. So like we're not talking about like some high end yes. starters coming Probably back. Probably not. Um and they, I don't know. I think TCU could surprise a few people there, but it's not going to be anything in terms of a national landscape. R.I.P. Big 12. R.I.P. <laughs> Big 12. Um, well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move out west here for you. So you think that the Pac-12 has a chance to get a team in there? Or you think it's I- SEC, ACC, Big 12, and uh, and Big 10? So if you're if you're looking at me as a absolutely not, I don't think the Pac-12 has has a team now. I think I think the Pac-12 actually is probably the conference that has probably the most parity in it. You've got a lot of competitive teams up at kind of at the top, like some top fours. So you've got your Oregon, USC, Washington, Utah. You can even throw in a UCLA there, uh, who's returning a lot of talent um, and who's actually done decent on the recruiting edge. And they're Chip uh, Kelly, bro. Chip, Chip Kelly. Hey, Chip Kelly is going to run the ball, run it some more, and then once he feels like it, there's not enough, he's just going to keep running it. And and guess what? He's got some two two really good running backs and a good offensive line to make that happen. It's not going to work against you know the the Oregon's if they're going to need to go up against them with the defensive talent that they have uh but i mean usc's got one of the one of the most talented um stocked rosters uh, you know across the country with what they've been able to do and that and what they're bringing uh oregon's got some good good heavy hitters as well you know Kayvon Tidibo is going to be you know t- probably a top five pick in the nfl yeah, draft easily, he's an absolute Kayvon absolute Kayvon absolute free utah utah although it doesn't have necessarily the type of recruits um solid team and and they and they typically have players that stay around for a long time so that's kind of, i kind of consider like the the iowa of the uh, pac-12 where you got some guys that will be on for a long period of time that can yeah, that can contribute, and they and they run. They're good on defense. They're, they're you know it's kind of a slow paced team. And then you got Washington, and Washington can actually you know throw Washington's up the ball. Going to be good this year. 
They will. They were three and one in their limited their schedule defense, last season. They return a ton on defense. Um, I think they should be pretty decent, decent on offense. I think to me, the, the, the Pac-12 North is going to be between Oregon and Washington. And then the, the South is obviously going to be between USC, Utah and Arizona State. Arizona State has Jaden Sant, Jaden, Jaden, what is it? Samuel, some, I don't, I don't know. Now, now I'm blanking on it. <laughs> not going to not gonna work here anymore. Names. Confusing names here, but yeah, so uh, their quarterback's pretty good. Um, Utah's quarterback, they bring in the kid from Baylor. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, Charlie Brewer and then uh, USC, Keaton Slovis is returning. So, you know, there's some decent quarterback play down down south. Um, to me, I think that's still USC. Like, USC is either going to win the back 12 south or Clay Helton's finally going to get fired here. But but there's but to my point, there's competition there. Like those those teams can kind of, you know, slug it out. Like, yeah, USC's got the talent, but like these other teams can compete. And and they did for the most part, you know, last season. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be in they one have of the more on the table, conflict. right? One of they Oregon, do. one of Oregon, USC, or Washington basically has to run the table for them to have a chance of the playoff, correct? And they and they won't. And when there's parity, you know, within a conference, you get you you get a lot of more a lot more losses, you know, a lot more you know, kind of even. So like, yeah, they need to run it. It's not going to happen. They're going to be the conference left out, which has been the theme, you know, in the past college football yeah. playoffs. Oregon, Oregon hasn't made a college football playoff since like 2017, I think. You know what the O stands for? Zero natties. The big O. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wouldn't know Trevor, anything about the big O, Trevor. Trevor, um, Trevor, loves, Trevor loves to throw shots at Oregon after the embarrassing loss that they handed Florida State back in uh, 2014. So, hey, hey, the fan, <laughs> the fan, the fans are trying to throw it in our face, and you know they were good sports with what I was saying, but uh, but they still got the big O, you know. And I'm talking about no natties, and I'll make All sure right. they they remember that. Let's move honestly, on. Let's move you on. Guys, you guys did pretty good job in the Pac-12. I I honestly sometimes forget at the conference. Um, Pac-12 <laughs> after dark, I normally have way too many beverages Dude, on Saturday. That's, that's, a, to see that's fun for me. Out at a, you're just out at a bar, still having some drinks with your friends. You've been you know watching all the important games throughout the day, and then you've got you get to turn on the, the TV and still watch some fun fun shit going on later. I don't know. I I, I tend to enjoy it. Um, I'm normally drinking beer by that point in time and no, no more liquor by that point. So, Ooh, see, I go yeah. the other way. See, I'm, I'm beer tailgating outside all day, get to the bar and sure, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. liquor o'clock yeah, and yeah. I don't remember. You are attending most of those games. Yes, of course. At tailgates, you're drinking beer, but, uh, I'm talking about if I'm out watching a bunch of games, whatever, um, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely drinking beer by that point. Yeah, listeners, say- you can definitely call me out. I don't remember the last time I I don't remember a big Pac-12 game. Like I legit don't remember one at all. So yeah, well you'll you watch a USC Notre Dame might probably be the only kind of big game to watch within that group uh, early on. Um, mm-hmm. Or I mean, Oregon Washington is going to be uh, uh that's that's the game to watch. That's definitely yeah. the game to watch. I think it'll be fun to watch this year. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be having some. Uh, I think. Uh, so, some Thursday games too and stuff. So, yeah, at, at eleven thirty at night. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, on Thursday and Friday they start them a little bit earlier. Anyway, yeah, uh, you have Thursday night football. Nobody cares about Pac twelve football. When yeah, at the no, we, I mean, we, I, Oregon, Oregon suffered a, a loss there a few years back that um that was a huge loss for them. I think it actually was one of the reasons that Florida State got a chance in the national championship. So, uh, I, you, you love to see that. Yeah, they, well, they tend to choke. 
we'll see how the Pac-12 ends up. But we, uh, I mentioned Notre Dame, so I think the next thing to talk about is what, what are these, you know, these G5 independent schools going to do? Notre Dame obviously leading that pack, but you've also got some strong teams in Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. You know, has already played their first so, game. I'd really be interested to hear about what I these hinted, teams can do. I hinted about this earlier. I think that this is a down year for Notre Dame. Um, they lost a lot of production. So they lose, obviously, their multi-year starter in Ian Book. They're replacing him with Jack Cohn, who Brandon had already told you is trash. Um, you know, guy who loses his job to a, another Wisconsin. A true recruit. freshman and who's not very good. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, he's kind of just a guy. Uh, if you expect Jack Cohn to lead you, then that could be problems. They lose a bunch of offensive linemen, which was the strength of their team last year, was their offensive line. Um, they lose, uh, you know, uh, Joker there uh, on defense, who is their best defensive player. They still have Kyle Hamilton, who's probably a top 10 pick in the NFL draft this year. But uh, I mean, this is a team that does lose quite a bit. Um, It's also a team that, so, you know, one of the things that we've talked about with Florida state, they do have to go play at Florida state um, week one. It's going to be a rowdy environment. There's a possibility for an upset. If you're going to face a team that is replacing their starting quarterback and replacing a bunch of their offensive linemen, um, even if they do recruit at a, at a better, at a higher level than you, the week that I want to face them is week one. Just saying. Aren't you guys replacing your quarterback too, though? No, no. Jordan Travis is, is returning as starter at quarterback. Gotcha. I forgot Mackenzie Milton isn't even. And been Florida even State actually was keeping up with Notre Dame for a period of time before they just continued with their massive offensive line. They figured they could just run outside zone and, and kill us with that, but they don't have as good offensive line this year. So. I mean, th- there's possibility that, you know, we could get them. It's possible. I think the game will be a little bit closer than most people expect. Uh, but, I mean, I'm going to say Notre Dame probably wins it and hope that Florida State does. Yeah, I mean, honestly, no, I think Notre Dame still wins eight, nine games. It's honestly going to all come down to Jack Cohn, um, who I don't think is any good. So, uh Hopefully, I don't think he finishes the season. I think they probably dip into whoever their backup is. I don't have that um, because I despise. I grew up around South Bend, um, so I absolutely despise Notre Dame. They're the they're the team, at least football wise, college football wise, the team I hate the most. Yeah, they're uh, your rival. We get it. Yeah, well, we, they're the big brother. Ouch. It, 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 <laughs> one thing i don't know if you mentioned this why why i jumped off because my wife was watching gossip girl in the other room and i had to shut that down um the did anyone mention that lou foul one of their best linebackers also went out with an injury i believe it was earlier today or yesterday Ooh, I see that. no that, that sucks that, that makes so, my that, ma- that makes my hope for florida state to pull off yeah. a, uh, an upset there even it, more likely and it's not just a week one out like he's out supposedly significant yeah. injury out probably half the season from what my understanding is yeah, so like I, that that's also going to hurt their chances think, as well I think so this is a step back year for notre dame let's move mm-hmm. on to uh cincinnati who cincinnati last year was one of those teams that had a chance to go into the playoff had the you know the playoff committee decided that they actually would allow a, a non-power five team in that's not named notre dame um, but they, of course, did not. So Cincinnati, maybe another year of, of running the table here would give them a chance. Um, they do return a lot of production from a pretty good team there. Uh, Luke Fickle is a good coach. What I was hoping thoughts? he left so bad. Luke Fickle is a great coach. Um, a lot of people are all. A lot of people are hung up with their quarterback uh, and their offense, but actually, they return a top ten defense. 
Um, Cincinnati is really, really good. Their season is going to come down to the game against Indiana. I think um, if they can, if they can beat that team, if they can beat Indiana at Indiana, they have a real chance for going undefeated. And if they're undefeated and starting top 10, they have a real, real chance to being in that college football playoff. Um, I don't think they do. I think they're, they probably finish. I think they lose that game with Indiana personally, obviously. Uh, but I, Cincinnati's really good. Well, this isn't going to be the last time we talk about Cincinnati. Well, yeah. Cincinnati is going to be rooting for Indiana because that's going to be if they do beat them in Indiana with with a with a Indiana team that has looked good, you know, up to that point, like that's going to be their that that win that they're talking about to get them in there. And honestly, you know, I think with with the ACC kind of looking a little rough, if if UNC doesn't come through and truly be that team to, to come out and kind of win, you know, the ACC and Clemson kind of falters a little bit, like you could potentially see, you know, Cincinnati go in there without an ACC um, team come through. That's, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I love Cincinnati because I love that defense. I love how many people they're returning. Uh, I love the week schedule minus the Indiana team. So I could well, absolutely see I mean, that. So they get Indiana, at Indiana, then they have to go at Notre Dame two weeks later. Um, okay. So it's, I mean, they do get a bye in between them. If they're managed to pull off the upset against Indiana, then maybe they'll ride that high wave, uh, get a couple good weeks of preparation in for Notre Dame, and, and have a chance to pull another upset. Um, but back to back upsets against top twenty five teams, I think that that would have you looking pretty nice and nice and before a potential playoff run. Uh, um, provided that they don't slip up somewhere. And we we said Clemson could. I mean, again, there. I think. In my mind, it is uh, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and it's going to come down to Cincinnati or uh, or Clemson to give, be that fifth team or fourth team. So, um, so yeah. So we all like Cincinnati. We think that they have a good chance to do some stuff here. Um, just not against it? IU. Just just not against IU. Yeah, that I mean that that'll be a, certainly an interesting game to watch. That goes back to my point though, where I said that nerd, uh, Indiana schedule is not that easy. Right. There's some there's some potential potential roadblocks there for you. Um, so let's let's move on here to another one of these independents in, inside the top 25. You've got uh, Louisiana University, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, coached by Billy Napier, uh, America's hottest uh, football coach there. Um, potential, you know, guy who's probably going to take another uh, another what SEC gig that opens up here. The next one. Yeah, I'd say so. He's, he's, he's looked pretty good up to this point. Um, who's, who's the next, who's the next SEC coach to go? Uh, Syracuse might be the uh, next open spot. I would think, uh, what's his face? Uh, go, well, that's not an SEC coach. Would he oh, go to SEC. Nebraska? Would he go to Nebraska? No, not a chance. He wants, like he turned down South Carolina, dude. Like, and he turned down Auburn, I think. So you turn down those programs. I don't know that you're going to be, you know, going to Nebraska that doesn't I didn't know he turned down Auburn I mean South Carolina's a shit I don't it's not it's not confirmed that he turned down Auburn but it is uh thought that he did um if he turns on Auburn, there's there, any other team that's more quality ahead of them isn't going to be giving up their head coach anytime soon, I would think. So the it's going to be hard to jump. I got it, got it. The next opening is Florida, and he takes the Florida job, Billy Napier. Not because mm-hmm. Dan Mullen got fired, because he chose to move on. <laughs> To what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just see see Dan Mullen moving humping sharks like his predecessor, who then went to South Carolina. 
we should pull we should pull up those uh those pictures if no, anyone doesn't not, not, not the same guy trevor <laughs> you're confusing florida coaches <laughs> i don't know there's there's a there's you know there's some discrepancy there who knows it could have been him could have been who knows? no 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 um no it definitely wasn't the guy who went to south carolina uh that was must champ anyway um <laughs> Yeah, I think Louisiana's, they're an interesting team to watch. They open with Texas. Uh, that could be trouble for Texas. Um, they they did upset Iowa State last year. So um, Coastal Carolina has one of the most fun offenses in the league to watch. And then probably the offense that's going to score the most points in, in all of college football this year is Liberty. They Liberty, have Liberty, Willis. Liberty. Malik Willis, their quarterback, is a potential Heisman candidate, uh, also a potential first-round draft pick. Um, so... Hugh Freeze doing his thing over there. That'll be a team that has a good, decent chance to finish inside the top 25. How does their schedule look? I, I mean, I haven't dug into it, but like, I Liberties? mean, if yeah, if you're saying they're going to be stacking I mean, up a bunch up, of points, they, like they beat, up a couple, they beat up a couple ACC teams last year. I think they have Syracuse and Virginia Tech on their schedule. Well, I, well, I don't even know what conference they play in, bro. Conference Liberty's an there. independent. Liberty independent. Oh. Like a Notre Dame wannabe without the, well, without the TV know. schedule rights. Uh, no, no, they, do, they do. They do play the mighty orange men at the carrier dome. Mm. Yeah, but they Just, beat them last year. I'm kidding. They they do. No, they'll get killed by Ole Miss. They're, they're going into the Grove. Mm, Mac- I think that could be fun. That, why, that's, why, why, that's why, that's why, the frat bros? You want to talk about pointsy? What's the over under on that? I'll take 101. <laughs> I'll take the over. <laughs> that game is going to be 70 to 56 or something like that. Yes, that game and will that, be absurd. And so fun to watch. Can't wait to watch that game. Yeah, that, that's going to be insane. Do you guys like right, Lane so Kiffin? Do you, or do you think he's, you know, a douchey Daniel Tosh? Which he, is like doubling down on the douche. He definitely is pretty douchey. There's some, there's a degree of arrogance in him that I kind of like, uh, that I want my head coach to have. Um, so uh, there's, there's pluses and minuses for me. Um, I think he's great at Ole Miss. I think he fits that perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, Ole Miss has had a, you know, Hugh Freeze was their former coach. So (laughs) that'll, that'll be fun to watch. You know, other than the fact that he could definitely be like, you know, that creepy South Park character that like goes to like the middle school, like dance, like and pretends <laughs> like, you know, he's like, you know, the cool, like, you know, teacher and ends up, you know, trying oh, to get with Lane is definitely banging co-eds. There's, oh, there's, for, there's no way he's not for sure. For sure. But, but for for him, I think what he what really could have made his career is if he truly would just would have stayed like as a. Um, you know, like a core in a coordinator status. He could have been playing for any team that he wanted to. I mean, he could probably even go into the NFL, like in a coordinator position, just the, the head coach, like aspect of it all for him, I think is, it's too big for his head to handle. He's got a huge head, a huge ego, ah. which is, ah, I don't know. I he, he's got it. a little bit of like Jay Cutler, no fucks in them too, man. He's yep. just, definitely. He, he, he definitely has that. This now, this is not verbatim, but it's one of the most hilarious quotes. And I, sh- should look it up, but I'm not going to. But he said something like, I pick my assistant coaches based on their wives. I, that way I know they can recruit. Yeah, um, that's, that, I mean, that's, a, that's a reference that a lot of coaches have made in the past. Uh, Will Muschamp said, uh, was asked or whatever, can he recruit? And he said, have you seen my wife? Um, th- they like to point to that as, as their ability. Oh, uh, see, I didn't, I didn't know that was maybe a Southern head coach thing. I, I heard, I heard. I don't Lane, think it's a Southern head coach. I think it's just a head coach thing. 
Um, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before, but I, I guess that's a thing. I guess yeah. that's a thing. So let's, uh, do you guys want to talk uh, Heisman or do you want to talk uh, predictions? Let's, let's do let's some see. predictions. All right. Yeah. We'll start with you, Trevor. Give us your playoff teams. Ah, uh, so it's, I mean, I, I've got some three vanillas and then one a little spicy. So, you know, Alabama, you just can't deny them, you know, bringing it back a uh, million dollar, you know, freshman coming in, uh, I think is they're going to do wonders. Nick Saban, you can't lose faith in what he does there. Uh, Oklahoma, I've mentioned, I, I don't think they have any competition much in their uh, conference. Uh, Spencer Rattler, I believe, uh, potentially, if we get to the next one, is among the top uh, Heisman candidates that I think will do well. So they're going to be there, too. Ohio State, it's hard to deny what they've done there as well. I don't think Michigan is going to put much up of a fight against them because they have proven time and time again they can't win. So I think those three have their clear path to it. Uh, And then... You know, I'm going to go up the limb. I'm going to say UNC comes in here, you know, with Sam Howe coming in, uh, potential Heisman candidate. They are going to light it on fire, I think, on offense. And um, I think due to the potential down here that Clemson is going to have this year and uh, you know, Florida State's still looking weak, uh, they're, I think they're going to come in strong and win the ACC and have, have a good enough resume to, to make that playoff. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to be close if they can beat, you know, the Indiana and potentially look at Notre Dame there. But I think they uh, they will squeak in there as that that fourth seed in that mix. So, dude, I love it so much. I, I didn't have okay. the ball to take it, so I'm glad you did. But it's they're <laughs> plus eight fifty to make the playoffs, dude. That's nine and a half to one. That is fantastic odds. If you're into futures, not me because I like more of an instant payoff. Uh, but again, plus 850 is phenomenal. Trevor, I love that. That's that's certainly something I had circled, um, but but you beat me to, so, beat so me who, to it. So who makes the national championship game and who wins it, Trevor? Yes, uh, so who makes the national championship game? I believe uh, your number one and number twos will be your uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. Um, uh, three will be Ohio State, four will be UNC. Um, I, I, I truly think that... Um, you're going to have a an Oklahoma Alabama matchup. And I mean that's winner. that's and the winner, I take Oklahoma. Screw Alabama. I, I I want Oklahoma. I want Lincoln Riley to get his. I think he's got that team for it. He's got he's got his he's got his most talented quarterback arguably that he's ever had which and he's he could develop them. That team is scary and I I definitely think that they can make it work. All right, let's hear your chalk, Brandon. Yep, boring, snooze fast. You can just skip that 15 seconds on your podcast because um, <laughs> I'm going rock chalk. Uh, it's certainly not Kansas Jayhawks. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and um, uh, Jesus, who am I for? Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to be the two seed. I don't know why I forgot them. Oklahoma, so I have Alabama oh, number one. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. And Oklahoma, I got yeah. You. And then again, I also have the similar uh, national championship with Alabama going back to back. Okay, uh, so I'm actually going to go Oklahoma one, Georgia number two, uh, Clemson three, and Alabama four. And then I'm going to take Georgia and oh, Oklahoma in the national championship game, and Georgia's going to win. Ah. Kirby Smart sucks, bro. 
<laughs> you wait. So you think Kirby Smart is not only just going to make it to betting the betting on the talent here, betting on the talent. So, so you're thinking that they're that Georgia's going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game? That's correct. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Talent. Hey, if you're going on the talent wagon. Alabama still has them out edge, yeah, I think, no, in my opinion. No, they, but, no, they don't. No, they don't. Oh, five stars. Five okay. stars. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Depth. We'll look at depth. I'm pretty sure. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I could wager that. Georgia you know, Alabama returns more production, man. Georgia yeah. returns more production. All right, yeah. so let's go to some Heisman odds. Who do you like best on this list? Uh, Spencer Rattler obviously leads the way at plus 500. Um, and then there's a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks. So I, the, the reason I... I'll go ahead and give my pick, but... Devonta Smith wasn't even on odds boards. Uh, the year before that, Joe Burrow was like a bazillion to one. Plus 6,000. Yeah. So, I mean, like these are so hard to predict um, because I bet it's somebody that isn't on this list right now. Again, just because breakout but seasons it's not a, It's not just a quarterback that comes out of nowhere because they have all the quarterbacks on the list. <laughs> yeah. If I had to go off this list, I... You know, they often give it to, um, you know, the best quarterback. So I'll give that Sam Howe plus 1200 juicy. That's 13 to one. Um, so I would probably take Sam Howe. Uh, but, you know, I'm taking uh, my boy Michael Penix at plus 4000. <laughs> um, another potential, you know, off the board kind of guy that I would think of would be one of those one of those starters for, you know, Texas. Um, or, uh, possibly what's his, uh, is Max Thompson on here? I don't see him. He's a guy that could pop like that, uh, at LSU or, uh, yeah, something of that nature where it's one of those guys who just real young starter. That's not predicted to be that great. That, that would be, that would be your, that would be your off the board pick to to come out of nowhere kind of thing. So is that, is that your, is that your pick? That's who, that's who you're taking? No, I'm taking I'm taking the favorite. I think it's Spencer Rattler. <laughs> like it could be like this guy, but no, I'm just saying. No, I was just answering his question where he so, like, so, comes from a guy who's just not really expected. So he's the, on the board, but what do you think about Chris Olave? I mean, we just saw a wide receiver win it in Devonta Smith. Chris Olave is plus eight thousand. Um, the problem with that is that uh, the wide receiver on the opposite side of him, uh, Garrett, is Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson is just as good. So, I mean, I, I think that they, they eat into each other's. Um, and there's no way it goes back-to-back wide receivers, but that was just no. another one. Yeah, we haven't had a wide receiver in a long time. I mean, the best running back on this list is Bijan Robinson out of Texas, um, from Texas, who's, you know, really good. But still, uh, qu- yeah. quarterbacks, it's, it's quarterback's award. Brees Hall is also on this list. Um, you don't like Graham Mertz, Brock Purdy, you know. Jaden Daniels, that was the name I was trying to remember earlier, down there at plus 3,300. Um, yeah, I mean. Well, th- well throwing a curveball, you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the non-quarterback crew. So as we're kind of talking about that, I just want to throw his name. I've said it already on this uh, on this pod is, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, when you're talking about like pure talent, like this guy can, he's not he's not going to get there. He won't even be called in, you know, as a you know, finalist. You know what night, the last defensive gonna player put- to win the Heisman is? Desmond Howard was that? No, Desmond Howard wasn't a defensive player. He's a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. He was. I thought he played both ways. No, who was? It was a. It was a Michigan. 
Michigan ever. Woodson? Charles Charles Woodson, yes. Woodson, yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. Nin- second, second, 97. Best. 97. He beat out Peyton Manning and Randy Moss. Yeah. I'm just saying, in, in, in all, if we just like had Rand- like a Randy wish Moss. out there. Yeah. Randy I Moss mean, that season. first of all, Thibodeau is going to have some amazing numbers. He's a defensive person, so he's pretty much already knocked out of it. Plus, he's in the Pac 12, so no one's going to see him out there. So it's not going to be a huge name until the NFL draft comes along, which then he'll be a huge name. But, uh, but anyways, I'll just go ahead and, you know, put mine out here. Um, because just because Brandon was what, too scared. King? To... What's Haynes King? Can you look up Haynes King while he's talking? Yeah. <laughs> Haynes King. I don't know that. But anyways, because Brandon was too scared to go with them, even though his, his gut was telling him to do it, <laughs> Sam Howe is going to put up monstrous numbers this year. He's got some big games against some uh, teams that are going to be on prime time. This dude can ball. I'm still bitter that he decommitted from Florida State and decided to go to UNC. I am happy that we beat him last year and put him in his place because we are a crappy team and beat him. Anyways, he's going to come back with vengeance. He's going to be, I believe, a top three pick in the NFL draft, and he's going to win the Heisman. So that's just that's just my selection. But, you know, you know probably won't happen. <laughs> no, I, I love I love the odds too. I mean, if you look at what he's at, you have plus twelve hundred. I'm seeing plus fourteen hundred. I mean, the value's there to take Sam Howell. That's that's way better than uh, you know Newman's plus six hundred. Um, yeah. What about what about Haynes King? What is, what is he at? Plus thirty five hundred. That's it. See, I was thinking he's going to be further off the board. So, so. He, he, here's another insane one because this is going to be again. You see some insane running back total running back years out of running backs in the Big Ten. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota is going to be the number one running back in the Big Ten, and he's currently ten thousand to one odds. If any of you are Office fans, Kevin says if anyone ever gives you ten thousand to one odds, you need to take that bet. So, um, yeah, hundred. You put a hundred dollars. You put a hundred dollars on that. You win ten grand. So, um, you know, uh, I it's a little rich for my blood, but again, he will be the best running back wait, in the big. Wait, team. what did you say it was? What were the plus, odds? Plus ten thousand. Uh, okay, ten thousand to one. Yep, ten thousand to one. So if you put a hundred dollars down, that plus ten thousand. Ten thousand to win a hundred. You know, we we don't we don't you don't you do a pot on gambling show? You should know these things. I do. Yeah. I know we know Brand we know you we know Brandon. I'm just talking about Newman. But anyways, oh. we got some good picks. There's there is there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff going on this season, guys. I'm I don't know about you all, but I'm like super excited. I can't wait. I I hope I'm coherent, you know, during the weekend when Florida State plays another name. I'm sure I will be, but it, it will be it's gonna be exciting. So our teams have exciting games. You guys got Florida or you guys got Notre Dame. I got okay. Iowa. Standalone game. Mm-hmm. Um, should be a fun weekend, boys. It was it was good to get all ba- all of us back on the horn, talking some college football. Um, and again, we'll, we'll try to make this a regular occurrence because it's always a blast. Absolutely. So yeah, go uh, go watch some some college football this weekend, and we'll we'll have more back for you later. And I'll later see you guys in three days. Three days. Yep. Yeah, can't wait. Hey, hey, Rumi, Rumi, Rumi. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Be awesome. Let's let's see go, guys. Glad to be here.